0: I liked that you called it an episode of football. Ah, uh, season two, episode three of football was so, like, <laughs> really.
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the 100th episode of Floor Nine. Woo-hoo. Woo, 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 woo. We made it. Uh, Adam how does it how does it feel to do 100 I can't believe we're here after three and a half years um look at us
2: hey look at us look at us huh
0: who would have thought not me I can't believe it's been three and a half years that seems like such a long time I know
1: <laughs> it seems like an incredibly long time uh and it definitely wouldn't have been possible if we weren't Switching to a weekly cadence, uh, you know, last year, uh, thanks to everything that, that went on in 2020. So 2020 accelerated almost everything, including this show, <laughs> including us. Uh, to get us here.
0: <laughs> it, uh, it it feels like we, we've we changed a lot since we started right. uh, in, oh, yeah. you know, 100 episodes ago, three and a half years ago. But also, I can't, it, it also feels like we've been doing this format for forever. So.
1: Agreed. This is definitely like the newest and most used format from an episode perspective. I don't know. we a 100. Maybe it's time for a change. Maybe we'll uh, figure out something new to do with our uh, show format, you know. Always have to keep iterating. Um, well, listeners, thank you so much for being with us for the past 100 episodes. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And, you know, thank you. So continue to share. Give us feedback. We're always trying to uh, improve the show. Um, but with that out of the way, I think we should get right into celebrating this 100th episode uh, with an episode on audio. I think it's only fitting. We're an audio medium. We may as well talk about audio uh, for our 100th episode. So to help celebrate... Uh, us reaching triple digits we have brian morrissey the founder of the rebooting a newsletter about sustainable modern media businesses as well as the former president and editor-in-chief of digiday who will be joining us for the main conversation on audio social audio uh it should be really good conversation so we're excited for that but adam we can't start an episode especially the 100th episode without getting into some news so what's going on this week what were some of the big stories out there that uh our listeners should know about
0: So, uh, first one up is that, uh, Google has shuttered their in-house game studio for their game streaming platform stadia. Uh, so
1: are we surprised?
0: (laughs) We're not surprised. Uh, (laughs) Google loves to, as we've discussed many times, loves to, uh, to start projects and then, uh, wander away from them. They have a very short attention span. Um, Mm -hmm. so, Just to be super clear, they're not, Stadia is going to continue for now, asterisk. We'll come back to that in a minute. But, uh, (laughs) they're, they're just shutting, they had started an internal studio to develop games. This is something that Amazon also has. Um, Microsoft obviously does because of Xbox, Sony does because of PlayStation, but, um, uh, both both uh both amazon and google have really struggled with their internally developed games they haven't really uh really had anything that's even been a modest success so uh, this isn't really surprising in that sense of like it turns out uh making games is not as simple as just hiring people and saying you want to make games it actually takes some talent and skill to craft a game studio that is very different from other kinds of software development Correct. So I think the, you know, even though for now Stadia remains, uh, I think the, the, everyone is, is looking at this and saying, okay, how long until Google just walks away from Stadia altogether? Because Stadia Mm -hmm. itself has not been hugely successful. Um, and uh has not seen you know a ton of major updates since it's rolled out uh, it rolled out last year i think the marketplace has uh proven that game streaming is not google seemed to approach game streaming as i, I think a lot of several of the other uh streaming platforms did as uh if you build it they will come and mm-hmm. uh it turns out that that it's not that simple um it turns out that people who were ready stadia's business model still requires you to purchase games on a, on a game by game basis. And it turns out that Mm -hmm. probably most of the people who who did that already were buying a game console of some sort. Uh, So uh, the the value proposition of you can just use this with a Chromecast uh, was not really there for those folks.
1: This is why I'm excited about xCloud, because it's coming from essentially Microsoft, who's developed the Xbox, which I'm super loyal to. I feel like there's a bit more like structure or foundational success in that environment. Versus Google coming in and completely building an entire new product in an entire new industry that's kind of a bit different. Well,
0: th- I mean, there's there's a bunch of things that Microsoft is doing that are better thought out. Um, there's the fact mm-hmm. that you can stream things, you know, from your ex ex. Library, but they also have Xbox Game Pass, which for fifteen dollars a month gives you access to a really wide swath of, of games. So you don't. The the mm-hmm. idea is that going forward, you won't even have to buy the games. You pay the fifteen dollars a month, and you can play them on your Xbox, but also on your phone or your iPad or your laptop or wherever. Um, and that. Difference in business model that their Microsoft is moving to an all you can eat subscription. And by the way, they bought a ton of game studios to make yep. sure that they had enough contents to make that, that, <laughs> that business model work. Um, that difference in business model, I think is really the thing that makes game streaming make more sense for people rather than mm-hmm. the a la carte purchases. The other sort of right. model that's out there is, uh, Amazon, uh, and their Luna service, which is a channel based model where you, get some games as part of the Luna subscription, but then you can subscribe, for example, to an Ubisoft channel um, and get access to Ubisoft games. Uh, And I think it's like $7 a month for for the Ubisoft channel. And the idea being that each publisher would sort of have their own channel on Luna. Um, And I think that 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 model is a little weird in that, does every consumer know which publisher has the games that they like? Like maybe not all publishers have that much clout, but I think again, it's at least it feels closer. This this subscription-based service for streaming I think makes a lot more sense than all our, car pur- our lot cards purchases. So I I, I think everybody is basically looking at this and saying, eh, Google's probably gonna walk away from Stadia as a whole, <laughs> uh, eventually. Um, which is uh well, that's Google.
1: But the, the essence of cloud gaming is definitely here to stay, and we'll yeah. see how that develops you know, from, from other competitors. Yep. So that is going to wrap up the Google Stadia news. Uh, next up, we have a future-focused announcement, or I should say rumor, uh, from Apple, and that is they are rumored to sign a $3.6 billion deal with Kia Motors uh, for a partnership on the development of the Apple car. What are your thoughts on all this information here, Adam? Do we think this is going to be like a big part of Apple's strategy going forward, or just kind of maybe like a Stadia for them? (laughs)
0: Uh, I would say that Apple doesn't really do Stadia uh, things. Uh, They spend a lot of time and effort to make sure that uh, things that they launch to the public never really... Uh, languish. Uh, there are some exceptions to that, but, but in, in general, that anything that is a, a full product uh, isn't just going to, uh, to languish that quickly. So I, I think, you know, there have been rumors for years about Apple building a car. There was a lot of, apparently a lot of leaked, stuff internally that there was a lot of back and forth as to how to do it and and should they build an entire car or just like autonomy systems and things like that um it seemed what this there there's been so many rumors over the past few weeks and this is why we're talking about it we don't normally talk about rumors especially ones that are not going to materialize for another four years but there have been so many rumors over the past few weeks that it seems like there, whatever the, the car ambition is at Apple, that it's about to start getting ready for production. And by getting ready for production, we mean it will start getting, actually going into production in 2024, but they will start lining up the factories now. And it seems like that's going to happen through an investment in Kia and Hyundai, which are kind of, which are intertwined companies, but not exactly the same company. <laughs> um, And, uh, you know, I think this would, this would see them producing cars in the U S. Um, apparently the target is a hundred thousand cars a year starting in 2024. Um, the rumor is that these cars will not be for human drivers, that they will not have a steering wheel in them. (laughs) Um, so I, I think that that to me sounds the most sort of far out there, um, because I, we do expect in the next by, by the end of the decade for driverless cars to be very, uh, very prominent. But I don't, I don't think that they're going to be so prominent that you will never need a human to drive them, uh, in any location. So there's a lot of open questions here. I don't necessarily know if I buy the idea that they're not for, for human drivers. I do buy the idea that. 2024, 2025 is when we will see an Apple car come to market. There's a lot of open questions. The thing that we're, we're really, um, expecting from Apple is that the car is not just going to be a means to get you from point A to point B, but it will be an entire experience on wheels. We've been talking about autonomous vehicles as sort of roo- living rooms on wheels, right, where you can work a little bit, you can watch media, um, and that that experience is something that building that experience is, is the thing that appeals to Apple as much as the, you know the, the technology parts of autonomy. So I think that that is really what everybody's going to be looking for. Maybe look, maybe if they can ship something in, in, uh, you know, four years that is completely autonomous, uh, despite what Elon Musk says, Tesla hasn't done that yet. So that would be a huge. Uh, it would be an iPhone like moment for the the car industry uh, if they can do that. Just like the iPhone is the, the phone part of the iPhone is uh, the one of the least important apps on your phone. I think the car part of an Apple car is going to be one of the least important things about the vehicle.
1: That That's fascinating to think about uh and sometimes it's you truly need somebody outside of an industry to come in and you know bring that sort of uh innovation to those products so uh we'll wait and see 2024 at the rate of this year's you know at this i guess i guess this decade is going is gonna be quick so i'm sure it'll be here faster uh, or sooner than we had ever imagined um but the last bit of news here we want to talk about is Actually some VR news, which I thought was the most surprising thing when I read our list this uh this morning, and that is coming from Facebook, uh Facebook has sold nearly one point one million Oculus Quest two headsets during Q four of twenty twenty. Um so Adam, is VR back? Is it is it here? Is it having a moment? Well what's <laughs> what's going on with this? Yeah,
0: I mean I think this is a great milestone for VR and for, for, for Oculus and, and the Quest two, which is I think the headset to, to have and and to buy. If you're, if you're in the market, um, they had a great holiday season. Uh, it's a great device. They lowered the price, uh, when they released and, and, and made the, 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 the screens better when they released the quest Two, which was, I think exactly the right move. Um, I think VR is having a, a little bit of a moment, and it has been for most of, of quarantine, because it is uh, an exciting new thing you can do that can somewhat simulate the feeling that you're not in quarantine. <laughs> um, but I think these numbers are good, but one million is still not moving the needle to become a mainstream, you know, media channel, right? This is still a fraction of what, uh, of, of what game consoles do in terms of sales. So, um, the big question for VR that we've, we've talked about this a lot is in the long run, is the audience for VR the size of a gaming console where you hit maybe, you know, 50 to 100, maybe you hit 100 million over the course of a, a generation, or is it smartphone size where you're hitting billions of people? Um, and I think, uh thus far it's still very much in that game console niche and i think most of the applications are still are still games um we're seeing some breakouts in the fitness space turns out a computer that you strap to your body is good for fitness regardless of which part of your body it's on uh and uh i think that uh you know there's some experimentations in remote work and stuff like that but honestly those tools are not good enough if if we had some good vr remote work tools Uh, You know, at the beginning of 2020, it might have had a huge breakout moment to become something more than, than gaming, but the tools as they are are just really not really, mostly good enough (laughs) at this point. Um, and there's a little bit of a chicken and the egg problem of just like, uh, of getting a large enough install base to justify that investment in those tools. And maybe we're starting to get there to the point that there's enough people to justify investment in productivity tools and not just games. Um, but even just monetizing games on VR has been difficult for a lot of studios. So uh, even out- outside of that is... It's still a big. It's it's good news for for VR, but still it's still climbing up the hill.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the definitely like again like the lower prices of the Oculus Go and, and game consoles selling out during the holiday season is probably a factor here as well when it comes to just like the larger gaming ecosystem. As we know, you know the PS4 and the Xbox Series X were sold out everywhere. Um, so definitely a factor when it comes into how this space is developing. And I think as again as a media channel because we always get asked this, Adam. Today, you know, think of it similar to like the console market—a very small console. It's it's developing, uh, great for experiential types of activations. You know, on site, you know, uh, you know, uh, on site activations, experimental activations. But really, as a big distribution channel, it's just not—it's still not there. Uh, I said a great milestone step in the space. Uh, we'll continue to watch it, but uh, it's still, I think, limited when it comes to just how much distribution we can get from like a media you know reach and frequency perspective yeah but with that that's about to wrap up this week's news i think the only last tidbit here is uh the super bowl is this weekend no idea what that's going to be like uh so that'll be interesting to kind of see uh the super bowl on twitch or streamed i have i have no idea i haven't seen a single episode of s- football at all this season so uh i'm excited to see what it's going to be like from like a media perspective uh how the ads are going to run just all of it it'll be it'll be quite a show so uh tune in for that we'll be talking about it next week uh and with that let's go jump into our main conversation with brian Listeners, welcome to the main conversation of this week's episode. Uh, helping us celebrate 100 is Brian Morrissey, who is currently writing over at The Rebooting. So, Brian, welcome to Floor Nine.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me, and congrats on um, 100 episodes. I know having hosted a podcast for uh, maybe a little longer. I think I did it for like five years, um, so more episodes. I know. I know how hard it is to to keep it up and continue. Continue it on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate that, and also thank you for joining us to celebrate. Uh, you know, a conversation on the audio format about audio. Uh, but before we dive into that, you just want to give us a little bit of a background uh, on yourself, so our listeners can uh, get to know you.
2: Yeah, I mean, until uh, uh, I guess in October, I left Digiday, where I was the president and editor in chief for almost a decade. I didn't quite get to a decade. I think it would have been a decade and in February uh, next, I guess, next month. Yeah, I've been covering this space as a as a journalist for, I guess, going on 20 years now, which wow. makes me old. Um, <laughs> so I've seen a lot, I guess, and um, hopefully I can bring some of that perspective, um, maybe with a dose of, of, of realism, not cynicism, realism.
1: Oh, I love it. You know, I, I believe the words like you're experienced, uh, well,
2: well, well, yeah, experienced. Yeah, no, we used to joke, we used to joke, uh, seasoned it, it was the, uh, the way to like describe someone who's old. Oh, well, yeah, well seasoned. Yeah. I love that. I love seasoned. that. So um, it's like a croutons, croutons <laughs> and like middle-aged people are seasoned. <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, I think, you know, thank you for joining us. I think you're going to be a fantastic guest as we dive into our main topic around audio. And we have to start with the hottest and latest trend in audio, which is social audio. And so, Adam, how are you defining social audio today?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that most people, if they know about it at all, will know is uh, is Clubhouse, um, which uh, has been Sort of, it, I think it still technically uh, requires an, an invite and is sort mm-hmm. of in a slow rollout, but, um, recently has raised some more money and been in the news a lot, uh, with some, uh, high profile Elon Musk content. Um, and, but the other thing that's sort of looming is, uh, there is a clone of Clubhouse that Twitter has been testing calling, called Twitter Spaces. So I think this, like the, um, like what we saw happen with stories across social platforms, I think that, Clubhouse has spurred a, uh, a an interest, and I think we'll see this on other platforms as well of of social audio products, which are really live. Audio conversations. Um, so live streamed audio conversations. That's basically it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a video, live video has been popular, mm-hmm. obviously, on, in, on a lot of platforms, starting with Twitch, but now also on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Everybody has a live product, a live video product. This is really that, but without, with even less pressure, uh, because, <laughs> uh, your camera doesn't have to be on. Um, right. and it's an interesting blend of formats because it's, it's sort of, Removes a lot of the it's sort of podcasting without a lot of the formalities of podcasting where you don't have to be as polished because it's live you don't have to commit to a certain schedule um you don't have to uh you know people aren't expecting it to be necessarily even high quality audio because a lot of people are doing it you know on their phones with their AirPods um so removing a lot of barriers to uh to to that uh to to actually producing content yeah.
1: Brian what do you what are your thoughts on the space? Are you a fan of Clubhouse? Are you on it?
2: <laughs> I, I'm on it. Um, I'm not a regular yet. I haven't. I haven't yet figured out who it's for. I okay. mean, I know it's for. I know it's for VCs. That I know. Um, yep. <laughs> but I don't know yet if it's for, you know, regular people who are not VCs. I hate to say, you know, too soon to tell.
0: Yeah, it, it does it does feel like, this is my question for Clubhouse also, they released a bunch more invitations in the past couple of weeks, and I think we saw a rush of other people jump on, but the people who are still hosting most of the conversations are the same people who were hosting most of the conversations a, a month or so ago. It, it's very insular Silicon Valley, talking to itself, um, and I think that was really great for them to drum up that initial interest, because if you can get your VCs you know, talking, Every everybody who has a startup or might have a startup wants to talk to them. But there is a, a pretty low cap on that audience. And I think we've seen some experimentation recently of uh, music producers also playing demo tracks on Clubhouse to sort of get feedback on them, which is different, but it feels like the same use case to me. <laughs> it's like a different industry, but a very similar concept, I think. So... Uh, I think this is, feels like a very weirdly top-down social
2: network. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I wonder and, whether or not that is the sort of model now that we've gotten out of this viral, organic, you know, because before it was like, you know, I remember, you know, going to South by Southwest and I was like, who's going to be the new Foursquare? Oh, have you seen the GroupMe grilled cheese ch- truck? I, I've mentioned GroupMe twice. This is uh, two more <laughs> times that GroupMe has been mentioned in the last five years. Um <laughs> but you know there was this viral this serendipity of um of of becoming um like a big utility on the internet that's gone i mean it's, it's the way you, you grow is you buy ads now you do growth hacking and um, the internet has lost that and so in some ways this is a throwback to hey it's the hot new app from the other uh, way like you're saying, Adam. Like this is a totally different model. It's top down, not bottom up.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder, given that it you know Clubhouse has been around longer than this, but just a, a, I think it was two weeks ago, something like that, when Andreessen Horowitz, who is one of Clubhouse's investors, announced their intentions to become a media company and to start sort of producing their own coverage, uh, media coverage of of Silicon Valley and, and technology. Yeah. I like. I mean, I think that's great for Clubhouse because I I could totally see a world in which Clubhouse tops out at Silicon Valley and a few other sort of adjacent use cases and industries and just basically becomes a social platform for Andreessen Horowitz's media company. (laughs) Um, I think think that that's the worst case scenario for them these today. And I don't think that that's like a a bad exit for them.
2: Well, like, let's, like, like, let's think about. I remember you know, covering the, the rise of like online video and, and Yahoo, believe it or not, was like the leader, right? Yeah. And <laughs> the, the people who were doubting it would always say, Yahoo needs its I love Lucy moment, right? Because they were, they were putting up pretty good numbers at the time with video, but no one had ever heard of this stuff. I think Clubhouse is the same way, it needs to hit. Um, and obviously it's still very early, and their sort of "I love Lucy moment, which I think is very instructive, was Elon Musk,
1: aside from like like clubhouse as a company in itself and kind of thinking more about like the idea of social audio I mean we we have to admit that the you know serendipity of being able just to kind of hop into a room and be connected with you know an individual or somebody that maybe you only see on uh social media or Twitter like There is a level of like accessibility that the social audio as a format is bringing to social media, which I think is new and interesting. And so whether or not it's Clubhouse or another app that be kind of becomes the hit app, you know, I think social audio in itself is here to stay because it it has brought new layers of interactivity to these social platforms, especially at a time when we aren't going out into the world and, and seeing people.
0: If, if it were any company other than Twitter, I would be very bullish on Twitter spaces. (laughs) I just, I think that uh, adding it on, I think, clubhouse social audio as a feature at another social platform makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, if you just, just like, just like live video did, right. It's like, Oh, I'm going to jump on and have a live conversation with some of my followers or with a guest on my, on my, you know, for my followers, whatever totally makes sense when you have a built in audience. The only reason that I put an asterisk there is that I Twitter has, is doing better on the product side of things recently. But I think everybody in the industry has PTSD of Twitter having great ideas and being unable to execute on them and unable to innovate their products Mm -hmm. for a decade. So, uh, you know, hopefully fingers crossed that they they're really coming out of that. And and the social audio space also with their, their recent acquisition of review and newsletters, I think is similar and similarly promising for them. If they can execute on those in a reasonably timely manner, Mm -hmm. I think it will be, I think I think social audio. I think the spotlight of social audio shifts off of Clubhouse and onto Twitter for most people.
2: Adam, that was both pointed but too kind. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, has there ever been a company um, that has been this successful yet has so consistently screwed up gigantic opportunities (laughs) that are right in front of it? Right. (laughs) I mean, this is the company that literally owned TikTok. It owned TikTok before TikTok. It yeah, had it. It Vine. was called Vine. It, it had it sitting there. And it was, it, it, Twitter has had this weird thing of of not wanting to change the experience. I mean, what social platform does not want to? I mean, that would be like a Zuckerberg, uh, you know, someone's like, oh, we should have a feed. And Zuckerberg's like, no, 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 no. People want to go to the wall. They want to go to the wall. <laughs> I mean, right it's amazing that Twitter has even lasted this long. I mean, I guess they think they're thankful for Trump. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that, you know, for Twitter, the big opportunity when it comes to, to newsletters and to um, the social audio is, you know, they're the, they're the network, right? right? I mean, so you could look at this as a feature, which again, this is like such a throwback. There were so many like social apps, utilities that were really features, they weren't networks. And, um, you know, you're seeing this now, these, these apps that are piggybacking on to, to networks. I mean, Substack does not exist without Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm writing a Substack myself, the rebooting.substack.com. Uh, and, you know, almost all your followers come from, from Twitter. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no amplification to speak of uh, with with Substack Clubhouse the same way I mean the way people find out about Clubhouses are is is really on on Twitter as far as I could tell I mean it's mm-hmm. just the VC echo chamber so you could just go on Twitter and um, and talk to them
0: yeah I think one of the things that is currently I think a mistake for Clubhouse is they're so focused on making it a destination. You can't embed clubhouse anywhere else. You can't like put a clubhouse on your website and say, Hey, tune in here for our conversation with X. Um, it's it, it can't really go viral in any meaningful way, which is Quibi had the same problem of not letting, they took, you know, months to let you share screenshots from the, uh, from the, the shows. And I think that that is part of the problem when in looking for that breakout hit is if it's impossible for your content to get off the platform in an easy way. And I know people record clubhouses and post them other places. That should all be a native clubhouse player. They don't have time shifting. They don't have the ability to have that audio embed anywhere else. And that's part of the, part of the success of, of TikTok was that it was easy to share TikToks onto Twitter or or into other social networks so that you could you could see oh this is what's on that thing that I've heard about if you don't know what's on it and you you can't access it until you sign up it really does take the pull of of that of something that is so big that you already you know that you already like it or you already follow it, like the Elon Musk moment. But they could be having dozens of those every day if they let some of that audio off the if the, the platform is a little leakier, I I would say.
2: Yeah. But I think like the, the the sort of pro case for the pro clubhouse case would be audio is obviously um a gigantic area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if you think about digital audio, which is 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 mostly um let's leave aside music, but um, is podcasting. Podcasting has not evolved much. I mean, it, it's, it's a throwback. And to me, like podcasting and um, and newsletters, I mean, they're the sort of old standards that have, you know, they're vinyl. They, they mm-hmm. suddenly came back. So the idea of adding a social layer to audio, I think I can understand, you know, being compelling. Whether it becomes a mass habit I I don't know. I guess
1: the kind of, kind of like what I'm thinking here then is speaking about like social audio and then versus podcast. Like, do you think social audio is competitive with podcasting or is it more of like a compliment?
2: Yeah, I think it's competitive, but I also don't know why. I I don't know if it's competitive because of this weird time we're in with this plague, right? Like, I mean, I know um, when the pandemic hit, you know, we saw our podcasting download numbers go down 25%. I don't know if you guys saw this. I mean, people were just not commuting. I mean, N equals one, but, you know, I I don't commute right now. I'm not getting on the Brooklyn Ferry anymore. And that was my podcast time. And and when you take the commute out, um, that, uh, you know, really hit the the sort of time-shifted, Uh, appeal of podcasting i think clubhouse making it a sort of live experience is is interesting but inconvenient i don't expect that will continue i think it's artificial Um, but uh you can argue that it, it, it fits more for this particular weird period of time and so that's another factor of like when we come out of of this pandemic do we really want i mean we're doing all sorts of things now that we're not going to be doing i don't know i was watching my robot vacuum cleaner last night for a long time <laughs> pretty, it,
1: it, they are and it's probably a map in your house too and then it's you know porting that to some place into a data bank where people are going to use that to understand you know interior design in some way shape or form
2: I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about what it was thinking and like whether it could get up on my rug and stuff like this. I do not expect to be getting that deep into that, hopefully in the next like six months or so.
1: I mean, well, Adam, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think social audio is competitive with, with podcasting in some, in some way, shape or form? you're only listening
0: to one thing at a time, right? So I think all audio is somewhat competitive with itself. And I think that audio has the advantage of you can listen to it while you're doing something else on like video for the most part, uh, for, for most use cases. So I do think that it is, you know, it's like if I'm going to put on some audio while I'm cleaning, for example, this is, this is when I get most of my audio listening in these days. It's when I'm like doing chores and stuff. It's going to be music or a podcast or clubhouse. Um, you know, I think there's something that they're trying to um, create more audio time by, by, Forcing the live question and not having on-demand audio right now, I think they're trying to expand that into a like this is going to be so important. Someone's going to say something so important, I have to you know tune into this even if I otherwise would be reading or looking at video content or doing mm-hmm. anything else. <laughs>
1: um, but I think um, but, I think the
2: counter to that, Adam, would be like are are they are they making HBO or are they making Cheddar? And by that I mean, like, are they making high quality stuff, or is it like, is you know, is or is it like the stuff to be on in the background, quote unquote, ambient media, which means like, you know, it's like back when we had offices, like CNBC was like on the TV with the sound off, like. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that it that it is actually. The, the latter, but they want it to be the former. And I think that that's a little bit of the tension there is that they, they know that to break out of their bubble, they need things that are going to con, that is not just background chatter. And, uh, I think that, that that is a tension in the format, frankly, because if, if you are going to do the higher quality stuff, why isn't it going to be a podcast that can be edited and be higher production quality? There's like a little bit of a disconnect there.
2: What I also wonder is, are they kind of late here because if you look at it like you know the, the the sort of sales pitch for it feels very like five to eight years ago to me I mean that's what makes it kind of interesting it's like kind of a retro thing it's like mm-hmm. okay we're gonna yeah. take down the barriers to entry um, like you know we were talking about and we're gonna make this so that anyone can do it it's it's very easy and stuff and I would argue that we're entering a phase of the internet where um, we're sort of pulling back from that idea of the "quote unquote" democratization of of, of content because we saw we have seen all the bad parts of that of that democratization. I mean, to me, like I think the next sort of era of digital media is actually more curated than the previous era, mm-hmm. um, and clubhouse to me seems the complete opposite if you talk about like i mean i joke about like most podcasts need to be shorter every single newsletter needs to be shorter um and it's hard for me to believe that any clubhouse needs to be an hour and a half at 10 o'clock at night
0: totally 100% and i think that that's i i agree with that It, it does seem like this weird i wonder if yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a weird backstep, considering we've had the ability to do the same thing with video for years now. Um, there is some, some, it does make it easier because you don't have to be on camera for sure. Uh, but, but like there's no reason why we couldn't have standardized live streaming video where there's just a title card and not my face, you know, like album art. <laughs> um, but I do that- think,
2: I do think it's like a, Potentially, it is an evolutionary step forward for a certain type of podcast. By that, I mean, like the sort of Bill Simmons, Joe Rogan, like world of like these 90 minute long podcasts that to me, they felt like non live talk radio.
1: Yeah, a little bit, but so this is, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Twitter spaces and kind of like what they're like working towards. Now the one caveat here is I wish they kept the breaker FM podcasting, uh, like catcher as part of their product. But like that got uh, rolled into like maple media. Uh, but to me, it seems like creators becoming, or not creator, Twitter is becoming a place where they are really pulling together all of the different, uh, pillars within this like creator economy and passion economy that we've been talking about for, you know, uh, a few episodes here. It's like they're pulling in newsletters, like they're pulling in podcasts. They're bringing social audio in. And on top of all of that, they have the one thing, a lot of these need, which is distribution. And so by able, by being able to bring all of this together, I think they're creating a very powerful platform for creators to, you know, grow their audiences, to create their content and making it very accessible to uh consumers to tune in. You know, whether that's long-form content like a podcast, whether that's live with Twitter Spaces. Um because you can see how this like social audio can can make for really interesting, you know, live events for for podcasts. And I think that's kind of like what like what I look at social audio for. It's, you know, a little bit of a like an events platform, you know, how can you be, like get people together in a room and have a conversation? Uh, and it's, it's like, so it's like a live, it's a digital live events platform that, that's taken on one specific format, which is audio, which I think is pretty interesting, kind of like a, a lens to think about. But uh, in general, I'm very bullish on, on Twitter and their strategy going forward as like a larger creator platform uh, for both newsletters, podcasts, because all of the, like, those are all the tools in which we see these creators uh, start to use, to distribute their media. Uh, so that, yeah. that's my Twitter bull course, case. If,
2: no, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. And if the bull case is Twitter has the distribution. So it doesn't even have to even be that great of a product.
0: But they do have to ship something at some point, which is the something. fact that we're even skeptical of that is, uh, t- tells you a lot about Twitter's history.
2: Yeah. And that's the same thing with Spotify. I mean, why does Spotify get in the pocket? It has the distribution, yeah. so it can bolt on um it can bolt on uh podcasts and i think that's why that's why the consumer internet has become so dull you know and because it's all the distribution the, the 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 highways are already uh laid and so like you know that's you're not building a new platform. You're just like you know, incubating a new service that will live on a, a, someone else's platform.
0: Yeah, and I think that's not to veer into a totally different subject, but I think that's the um, which I'm sure we'll circle back to this in a future episode. But that's really what the battle between Epic Games and Apple is about. Is about someone who sees the potential to be another platform owner, seeing that there there's a, a moat that they can't cross because of of the the. Distribution. Distribution that Apple owns on the iPhone. And I think that's, uh, that is a huge, I, it, I think it's going to, ch- I don't know if Epic's going to be the one to do it, but I think it will eventually change at some point. It will, th- those modes will start to break again. Uh, but it might be. A while before they do.
1: So that that is thinking about how social audio and clubhouses is, is competitive with podcasting. But what about the flip side? Do we see how this could also be uh, complementary to podcasting, especially from the production standpoint?
2: Live podcasts were like a big, um, yeah, you know, they were good for marketing, and they 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 brought a, a new dynamic to podcasting. But I think that there's an opportunity to have special podcast events that are, are, are part of clubhouse. And we'll start to see the blurring of these different platforms, just in the same way that, you know, just we're recording this over zoom. A lot of, a lot of podcasts now have, you know, you look at like Joe Rogan, it's also a video show and stuff like this, because, you know, he just set up, had a camera set up in a studio, but like with zoom, that opened the door to lots of people, you know, having their podcasts, the video too. So I think we'll see the bleeding of these different, um, different vehicles.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of big podcasts already stream, live the recording of it whether it's on video or some of them do a straight audio live stream and then the the thing that goes in the feed is the more edited episode um and that that's something that some people enjoy watching the live stuff um and so i think that is a path for uh for for clubhouse and then also live events was for a long time how you monetized a podcast is that you would go on tour and do live live shows that you would sell tickets for and i there's you know i think there's still demand for that and again you know, uh, Clubhouse is not there with their monetization tools yet, but I, I think a year from now they will be. And you'll be able to say, hey, if you are a subscriber, subscribing member to our show, or if you want a one-off ticket, you know, here it's five bucks to get into this Clubhouse room or whatever.
1: Yeah. And so the the one thing I want to get into here, so we, we kind of like, like established this idea of like social audio and kind of the players in the space and, and where we see this going. But what about monetization? What about the business model here? Like, is this going to be, a way in which creators get funded, you know, are we going to see like 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 a new business model come out to you know help Twitter or even Clubhouse monetize in some way, shape, or form? Like, how do you see this space or this medium uh, being funded?
2: Hmm. Well, I think one good thing about Clubhouse happening now and not say eight years ago is that the answer isn't automatically advertising. Right, we're we're out of a, that period. Where everything was going to be ad-funded, the Web 2.0 world um, of ad-funded um, uh, software. So, I think the good thing is that you know there's now a variety of monetization tools that have that have proven to work. Um, and I don't see Clubhouse as I. It's just hard for me to believe anyone who wants a billion-dollar evaluation these days going. Out and telling venture capitalists, yeah, we're going to build like a digital ads business. They, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear more about. I mean, they're they're more obsessed with things like OnlyFans and, um, and and places like that that are making money directly from the audience. So I I, I could see Clubhouse um, adopting um, those kind of things, tipping. The, the pat the patreon world uh the OnlyFans world um maybe even subscriptions you know but i don't see it as an ad play
0: yeah i i agree i mean i think one of the things that clubhouse did recently which i think is really smart is that they're going to start paying people they're using some of their vc monies to money to pay creators on their platform which i think uh Even two years ago, you would have, no VC would have agreed to fund you to to do something like that. But I I think they've really turned the the corner on seeing the value of creators on your platform. Um, so I think, and I I think that that is an acknowledgement, Brian, to your point, that the business model will not be ad based because that, that VC money is a stand in until they can convince, get the systems in place and then convince users to pay directly, right? It's like the hope is, that, that VC money pays those creators for the next year, but a year from now that 's funded by the the users right that has to be the plan so uh, I think if they were going to pursue an ad based model they they there would be less of a focus on on creators in that way um, so I think yeah i think it I think it and I think when you see it come to when you see think about it being in Twitter spaces, it is You know, there's been all this discussion of a a sort of pro version of Twitter for a while and that they've been toying with that. My guess is that we if we do see that, that we will not see it before they try to monetize something like the audio content or the newsletters directly first, because that's less risky because it again to Twitter's extreme hesitance to touch the core product this is if it doesn't work it's a side thing and they can retool it or kill it off or whatever whereas adding something to the main timeline is uh, that is monetized is a lot riskier
1: with a new format like this you know there there is some heat around it and that always brings in the question because we do you know speak to brands and advertisers how would a brand act on this platform and if so in in what ways and i think early on we've actually like the first thing i have seen was that square actually sponsored a room and gave out prizes and so if you're thinking about like from like a brand perspective and the social audio perspective like are there other ways in to the social audio space whether that's clubhouse or twitter spaces that brands should be thinking about Uh, to engage that audience if we don't think ads are going to be the pure play here for uh, this type of monetization for this type of format.
2: I think the key is experiential, you know, to me, like what, what clubhouse is interesting at is as like a virtual extension of the kind of stuff that was always in person events. Like I think clubhouse has a lot of lessons for how, um, you know what? Were formerly in-person events will uh, be organized and and run. You can you can see. I mean, the very obvious thing would be if if you've got a movie coming out, like why shouldn't the cast uh, be you know discussing it? Um, mm-hmm. You can also see that this opens up access to 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 people that you normally wouldn't have access to. So whether that's Elon Musk or something like that on the the, the tech VC. You can imagine that um, brands that have relationships with celebrities um, and influencers um, can hold Clubhouse events with them. Um, And so, you know, that's adding value to the platform. And, you know, so maybe there isn't straight ads, but that, you know, Clubhouse would then, um, you know, promote that, uh, those kind of events. I'm sure that's the direction that they're looking at going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I think a thing we always have to remind people about is that just because there's no advertising in quotes does not mean there are no brand opportunities on a platform. Um, there are those, those influencer led, uh, you know things that that uh, approaches as Brian was just mentioning i think also if we end up in a place where there are, is paid content on these platforms brands can s- sponsor away the the paid uh the, the payment and i think that that is something that we will see pretty quickly the challenge right now is that the audience is pretty narrow it is very silicon valley focused and obviously if you're trying to reach those people as a brand it would make sense to today to to try something on clubhouse i we We do work with some brands who I think some of those, uh, you know, people are are people they're trying to reach. But for most brands, uh, it's still too far too narrow. Um, And I think that uh, they're going to as they broaden hopefully their their um their audience and the, the topics that people are actively discussing on the platform i think that broadens opportunities for brands the other option is of course twitter spaces because everybody's already on twitter and it's a very mainstream audience and there's lots of opportunities there so again uh, i think we're we're a little more optimistic on twitter spaces in the long run
2: <laughs> i agree with you adam that like you know twitter would seem to be well positioned here but again if <laughs> Past experience is <laughs> any guide.
1: Well, I again, I'm I'm going to be a Twitter bull on this one. I, I'm excited to see how their whole kind of product suite comes together. But uh, in general, you know, social audio is you know a new form factor uh, that I think we're all pretty excited about, and we'll have to see how it develops uh, throughout 2021 um, and into you know uh, other platforms and functionalities and features. Who knows? This could be like the next stories that everybody's just going to copy and paste from from Snapchat. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, Brian, uh, where can our listeners find you uh, on the Internet? Twitter, you know, uh, w- drop your sub stack. This is the perfect time to, uh, to plug what you're doing.
2: OK, good. Uh, yeah. I mean, on Twitter, I'm just at B Morrissey. That's M-O-R-R-I-S-S-U-I. And then my newsletter, uh, it's just once a week. I don't do it every day. Um, it's about building sustainable media uh, businesses, and it kind of draws on my experience, both you know, doing it at Ditchaday, but also observing it over the last 20 plus years. Um, and that is com. I got to get my my personal URL hooked up there. I just haven't done it yet.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us here on, on Floor 9. And for all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. So thank you and enjoy your night or weekend or day. Whatever it is, whenever you listen, it's, it's totally fine.